The Science of on The Money Show. It's the science of the SIM card this evening. It's tonight's guest, Mark Levy, the chief executive of Blue Label Telecommunications. It's a company listed on the JSE, and it is primarily a seller of SIM cards, but SIM cards that do amazing things, and not only here, but taking uh, the, the technology through the African continent and into other parts of the world. Mark Levy, nice to see you in studio this evening. Explain to me, please, a SIM card. It is uh, cheaper than a uh, an 1855 triangular Cape postage stamp, which tomorrow will go for about 600,000 rand on auction. Um, but there's a lot more value possibly packed into and a lot more usefulness packed into a SIM card. Evening, Bruce. Uh, yeah, I think people miss, you know, don't really understand what a SIM is capable of doing, but that's really your connectivity to a mobile operator. So at the end of the day, people buying handsets, and obviously the fancier handsets, people want to do more. But by doing more, one needs to have access to data and voice. And this, okay, but, but t- take me back even before that as to what the SIM card really is. It's a bit of it's a bit of uh, metal and, and plastic. If you look at the if you look at a SIM card, it's a it's a chip. It's a chip with details stored on the chip that allows you to store information on it. So every single bit of processing in terms of communication between a handset and an operator needs that communication channel. And what that chip does is direct traffic to a specific operator. Okay, now, um, they have been used in computers for, for decades. Um, and we, we see companies like Intel, for example, have, have done very well out of microprocessing chips. Um, is the chip that we use in our cell phones, for example, mm. similar to that? And no, it's no. not a processing chip. Okay. So I'd say that the Intel chip sits with a lot more power. This okay. is really a, a piece of plastic with some circuitry on it. Very, it seems very simple, but very smart in terms of what it can do. It has storage capability. So in the good old days where you didn't have massive capability on your um, on your phones, a lot of uh, data was stored on SIM, SIM cards. You've seen you get 32K yep. or 64K. Fancy numbers to people who don't know what they are. Ooh, well, we're getting fancy 128K, but that's storage I, capabilities. I don't even know what's in my phone. Um, is that make me a bad person? No, I think you're one of about one billion people out there. Do we care? I mean, the, the, and, the, and that's what the, the, there's the, the wonder that that's, that SIM cards can provide. They've become quite a utility, uh, don't they? It's sort of like it's an accepted, so it's a SIM card that just does a job. I suppose you shouldn't care. You know, it's almost, I think Bill Gates once put it nicely, is when you make a phone call and someone else answers the call, no one really cares how it gets there. And a SIM card plays that, you know, this, that anonymous bridge between a fo- your mobile phone and the network operator. So, no, you shouldn't care as long as it works, I suppose. And absolutely. And it's only when it goes pear shaped that you really figure out that you have a problem. Um, how many applications have you got for SIM cards that you're working with Blue Label at the moment? Look, a, a SIM card is, is a conduit for the operator. So most of the modern-day applications are resource-intensive. I mean, they need processing power. So very little sits on the actual SIM card. So most of the stuff that you download on, let's call it iTunes or Android stores, actually sit reside directly on your phone because they need processing power. A SIM card doesn't have that processing power. Right. Okay, so the, the, the telephone then performs the role that the Intel chip would um, in, in that particular case. Well, inside a telephone is probably a, some form of chip, whether the Intel <laughs> or cellular or some form of processing chip. Um, what are we using some cards for in South Africa? I mean, we, we, we look at them and we go, right, it's, it's, it, it goes into every single cellular telephonic device. It goes into a laptop computer, for example, if you want to get 3G access or it goes into your dongle. Uh, but there are a wide variety of applications. You know... I think we've got to expand our horizons now. There's this interesting concept called the Internet of Things, 
where your fridge is going to have a SIM card and yeah. you're going to open and say, oh, by the way, uh, listen, Bruce, you need some more milk. Notify your local shopping center to distribute. But, but that stuff exists. I mean, Samsung has got that technology, sure. hasn't it, where you get an SMS sent to your phone. Um, and if you then, I suppose, set it up even further, you can then have an automatic ordering system that then gets the milk delivered to your house. So ultimately, that's where they term this concept of the Internet of Things come from. Everything's going to need a communication channel. So I suppose in smarter houses, you'll have Wi-Fi. But in most other places, you're going to have a lot of chips in your car. You're going to need a way to communicate. And what a chip allows you or a SIM card allows you to do is an easier way to communicate. So in your cars, you're going to have navigational devices that need uploads or input into the Internet. How do you get access? Well, a SIM card is going to give you those types of access to the Internet. I think one always has to boil down to communication. How does one talk? Um, one can run a cable like the good old days, yeah. telephone cable or fiber, but that's really a physical thing. If we're going into this virtual world of this hidden communication, these hidden communication lines, one needs a communication tool. And the SIM card gives that access to that communication tool being a network. Now, if anybody wants to know what Blue Label Telecoms does, uh, you, you are essentially distributors of SIM cards. And, and you will go in the, the, the Vodafone shops uh, in townships, for example, and Spaza shops all over the place. It, it's that sort of stuff that you provide. Sure. So we provide the distribution and the technology to get these SIM cards out. What's so important for everyone is custom acquisition. How many people can I have on my network? Once I have these people on my network, then they will co- start consuming both voice and data. And once you start consuming data, obviously people generate revenue. So our job on behalf of the operators locally and internationally is to do customer acquisition. And generally customer acquisition in the mobile world is through a SIM card because that is the key to a mobile network. And how many countries are you distributing to? Well, currently we focus on South Africa, um, India, India only has about 1.3 billion people. So That's all. Yeah, got a small a market, to go. Yeah. And Mexico, which has about 120 or 130 odd million people. Why Mexico? I mean, I, I, heard, I was hearing stories about your business in Mexico and going, that is a strange place for a South African company to be doing business. I thought you would say, blue label whiskey, we're moving to tequila. And, and, <laughs> now, um, when we started a couple of years ago, uh, we had Microsoft as a partner. Uh-huh. And some of the guys there uh, looked at Mexico and thought it would be a very good channel to go. And if you look at Mexico as a country, very similar in terms of culture, cash-based um, society, great uh, corridors for remittances around the world. So it made sense for us to, you know, almost in theory copy and paste our distribution model and go to a country. You know, crime's a big issue. We know how to deal with crime. Cash, we know how to move cash around safely and securely. We know how to move product around in a very difficult environment. Uh, and the security of SIM cards, I mean, it's always a question, no doubt, that comes up. I, I, I'm one person who swore I would never um, do my banking, for example, on my mobile phone. But once you've downloaded the app, Miracles happen, um, and the technology um, has, got, has leapfrogged. It's gone in leap, leaps and bounds. The last five years have been huge. The Ten years ago, the technology is unrecognizable. Yeah, I, I wouldn't you know, give the SIM card all the credit. Uh, everyone spends a lot of money on security sure. and firewalls and access. You know, you get these over-the-air pins. People call them OTP. So there's, mm. there's a lot of Is that what OTP stands for? Correct. Thank, I thought it was one-time pin. <laughs> 
One tampon. Okay, no, okay, there we go. Over the air pin or whatever. Or one tampon. One tampon. I'll take that. So I'm not completely ignorant. No, uh, no, maybe. I'll, I'll rest. I won't rest on my laurels. <laughs> um, my guest this evening is Mark Le- Levy. He's the chief executive of Blue Label. And yes, he did make a particular reference to Blue Label whiskey because it was um, after the bottle that you named the company. It's a, it's a terribly high level. You were much younger then. Um, mm. um, and uh, do you still consume lots of Blue Label? I mean, do you still celebrate uh, in the traditional way? Look, the way it came about was uh, every time we did a deal, we had a bottle of Blue Label and we wrote the deal on the back of a bottle. How many bottles uh, did you write deals on? The there's, a, there's a few. Ten? Fifty? A, f- a few more than that. A hundred? Well, I suppose that's, that, you know, in a way, if you look at it, look how many deals we've done. So lots of bottles. How many how many bottles are there? Lots. How many bottles are there? I'll invite you over to come look at the How wall. many bottles are there? I, I, I've lost count. No wonder <laughs> Diageo is doing so well in South Africa, the distributors of Johnny Walker Blue Label Whiskey. Now you know where it's all sold. So the chief executive of Blue Label Telecoms is Mark Levy. He's in studio with me this evening. We're doing the science of the SIM card. So you're not going to tell me how many exactly, how many of these bottles there are. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go 500. Let's assume they're 500. You've done 500 deals plus, maybe. Um, what sort of deals? You talk about doing deals, getting SIM cards to market. What sort of – give me an example. So you'd sign up a distribution channel, a wholesaler, a retailer, and you'd become the provider of SIM cards into that market. What that means is we would be there, in some cases, an exclusive supply of SIM cards to them. And but what, MTN branded, Vodacom branded? Blue Label branded? is exclusive to Vodacom. Okay. So we really focus on distributing the Vodacom SIM cards. For that, Vodacom obviously provides us an annuity-based income on the spend of that SIM card in lieu of us getting those SIM cards into market. Now, if you consider South Africa probably has a SIM card penetration of probably in excess of 144%. Yeah. Now, if you try to do mass and you work out how many SIM cards to people, it really doesn't really stack up. So, I mean, we've got 50 million people in the country. We've probably got 70 or 80, 000, uh, 80 million SIM cards floating about because people um, slip out the Vodacom one this week and put in a Cell C one the week after because there's a special deal going on. Look, I think the networks have been very creative in pricing and tariffing. So you're finding people with multiple SIMs. So you, you're more than likely looking around and you're seeing people with one, two, three devices. Then you've got an iPad or an Android or whatever you have. And then you've got your kids have got phones. And, you know, there's constant churn. And I think churn in the markets is a big factor. And churn means people swapping from one network yeah. to another, swapping a SIM card from one to another. Why? Maybe a better service, maybe a better deal. And those are the type of things that Blue Label focus on is how do we reduce churn? How do we keep stickiness on those SIM cards? Well, it's all about the product offerings, I suppose. I mean, that, that's ultimately what will lead to that stickiness. Is, do we go into an era where SIM cards are, are, are multi-channel? So I can put in a code into, into my phone and this week I'm on MTN and a code next week I'm on Celsius and next week I'm on Vodacom. Yeah, I, I think what, somewhere in this life you'll get what we call dynamic routing. So yeah. you'll have a SIM and depending which network you call will generate the benefit from that call. I don't think in our immediate future in this country, uh, I think the networks hold these cards close to the heart because subscribers are gold. That's the heartbeat of an operator. Uh, and so we've got, what, 70 to 80 million SIM cards in South Africa. Um, how many have you distributed all together over the years? Because you started this business, what, seven, eight years ago? Sure. That's a great question, Bruce. Probably phew, 15, 20, 15, 20 million. Uh, and probably sitting with an active base around about 10 million. 
So you, if, if not more, sorry, yeah. it might even be more because yeah. it, it's about churn. And if you, everyone's churning at 40, 50% per annum and you've got 10 million, it means you're using 5 million yeah. more. You, so maybe 50 million sims. I yeah. don't know. It becomes a funny number. <laughs> no, it does. But, but, but the business is going well. The business is growing strongly. The markets in, that you're in with Mexico uh, and India, India's a big growth market for you as well. Um, you, is that sort of following Vodafone then into these markets? No, not at all. Um, India was our f- uh, was our first international foray. Um, you know, when we went into India in two thousand and four, or just after, late two thousand and three, India only had nine million subscribers. South Africa had twelve million. Today, India sits with probably close to a billion subscribers, sure. and so the the scope was a magnitude uh, that was unbelievable. How competitive is this market? Where, sorry, in South Africa? In South Africa, the, the SIM card market broadly? Yeah, I think the the cost of a SIM is relatively on par with all the operators. I think what the operators have to do and have been doing is trying to induce people to come to their network. Why? You know, it's like a bank. Why this bank and why not that bank? Why this operator and not that operator? What is the difference between the, uh, between the, the little chip on my credit card? And the chip inside my phone? Well, your chip on your credit card obviously has a standard, what we call an EMV, European Master and Visa Card standard, that requires you to enter a PIN to authenticate a transaction. So that's designed for credit cards, where a chip in your phone is designed for phone communication. Mm. And data and, and, and data communication. Correct. Yeah. So once you're in the phone, can you do data and voice? So it is that communication link. Uh, and we've seen we've seen uh, what are they called? The guys, uh, Serge Belmont's company, um, which is based in South Africa, but listed uh, Net in One. The Net One. I mean, they they focused very very strongly on, on that uh, on the on the on the on the payment system for for pensions and all of that sort of stuff with those kind of SIM cards. Are you in that market? Well, no, well they they're using a lot of a Mastercard, um, so they're using the Mastercard chipset. Um, they've developed smart technology to do it. Once again, not really a SIM card as you know it. It's got to do with cards. So things look the same but operate very differently to one another, very different processing. How, how old were you and your brother when you started Blue Label? Um, just let's start, you want to get my age or are you on this? I do. Oh. I'm, work, I'm working towards it. <laughs> so I was 30. Uh, we started in 2000, about 30. You were 30. Mm. What was your background? How did you get into this? And what, what made you think to yourself, geez, I know, we'll distribute SIM cards. That's exciting. You know, we come from being traders. I, uh, born, my mother always joked with us, if it wasn't bolted down in a house, we would sell it. And we used to do a lot of electronics, um, selling TVs, cars. And once cellular came about, it just seemed like a natural extension of selling what we had. But but how did you carve out a niche for yourselves that is distributors of, of SIM cards? I mean, did you come up with the concept? Was there a need for it or did you establish the need? How did that work? I think hunger. You know, I think a lot of complacency because it was new. People were, were replenishing stock in seven days, ten days. And we were far more aggressive. You know, we wanted to replenish people's stock in a day or two. And I think by virtue of that aggressive nature of wanting to service people more, it created a huge opportunity. So people could buy directly from the operator and wait days, or they could deal with a, a intermediary, if you want to call us then, and we would replenish stock and service them. And it was all about service. It was, at the end of the day, a SIM is a service. Airtime is, I mean, is a commodity. Yeah. How do you differentiate in a commoditized world is really about service. 
And, and, and do you find that the playing fields are fairly level now? They, you may have had the first mover advantage, um, but the, the world kind of seems to operate like that generally now. Um, it's, getting, it's got a lot more complex because the margins have been compressed. So first mover advantage is most certainly a, a big plus. But we've built very smart technology to allow us to do stuff, track stuff. And that doesn't come easy. So with the compression in margin, with the enhancement of technology, with a well-distributed distribution network, it makes it quite complex to get in the game You now. say track stuff? What do you mean? So, for example, every SIM pack that comes into our, our warehouse, we scan, we track, we understand which channel we put it into, we get reports, we understand how Bruce is a, a merchant of ours, is he a good merchant, should we go and do more with him, less with him. So we actually... Although it's seen as, a, as seen as a dumb commodity, we need to track these things to ensure we're not wasting time and energy putting them in channels that don't work. Where's the fun in this? I mean, if you guys started out as traders, as movers and shakers, um, where's the fun in, in running a commodity business? The fun is the next generation of what we do, is the, is the, the sophistication of the modern-day product, the digitization. And I know it all sounds like big acronyms, but the reality is more and more products are virtualizing. You can do more stuff um, online through a point of sale device. When you know, if you thought about ten years ago, where could you walk into a, a a convenience store and buy your electricity there and then? And I live in Cape Town and I can buy it for Delmos. So that convergence of product through a single conduit is really what's pioneering us and really what's pushing us to do more in those worlds. What's the future of the sim? The future of the SIM, you know, people have embedded SIMs in the past into phones. Um, the problem is that is the SIM is in married to the phone. So now, you know, people have separated a phone and a SIM. So for me, you know, more processing power in the phones. I think the SIM is probably more in tune of adding additional communication channels to other devices. So we need to get away from the concept of just a phone, but look at a SIM as a communication tool for from cars to to toasters, to televisions, to... And it'll be interesting, I think, in a couple of years when we're sitting down and said, listen, my kettle just called me, my co- cup of coffee is ready. <laughs> just, as long as it can end burnt toast, I'm in for the, I'm in for the long haul. I think haul we're hitting way. that direction. There we go, the end of burnt toast, courtesy of Mark Levy, the Chief Executive of Blue Label Telecommunications.